0: I'm Bio, And in case you were wondering You are now listening To the What a Joke Podcast A friendly disclaimer Before you proceed Continued listening May result in one Or more of the following Involuntary And unrestrained laughter Learning new things Enjoyment Being offended And falling in love And most importantly Always remember Please Don't take everything you hear on here too seriously. Hey Bayo, I was just looking at our episode list and I realized you haven't done a personal story episode in a while. What? That's not right. Didn't I just do that elevator episode? That was in June. See? 2022. Ah. Oh. Wow, okay then, I've been called out, I'll um, ooh, do you, do you think they want to hear about the time I, no, maybe some other time, we need something dramatic, something with an underdog story, or something of perseverance, you know, we need something insane man, hmm, insane eh, I have the perfect one, yeah. Okay guys, gather around, gather around. This is the story of second chances, first times, comebacks and plot twists. <sighs> this is My Elka Story. Myelka's story realistically started years ago, before Elka even existed. I met one of my first ever screenwriter friends, Dawn, at a school club conference in the summer of 2019. Dawn is a guy, by the way, I know, I was surprised the first time I heard it, but eh. He talked about wanting to work on a short film and I had just worked on my first one ever. Fast forward to October the following year, I meet Nimi on the set of Hope, the second screenplay of mine getting produced. This was actually a reshoot of several scenes because something happened the first time around. So you could say that if that never happened, I might never have met Nimi. In January of 2022, Nimi would enter the first intake of Ebony Life Academy for the year. And that's how I would find out about it. I thought about joining the next intake, but I chose to go serve my country for a year instead. Bayo, why are you lying? You didn't want to do that. Remember when you felt your knees crying at Shoprite? Hey, 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 We agreed never to talk about that. Okay? All right. At the end of Nimi's intake, she won Best Supporting Actress in the short film Magic Pen, written by none other than Don, who won Best Script. Six Degrees of Separation! It was the craziest thing when I found out. Actually, my Elka story is riddled with 60 OS moments. Anyway, I decided that I was going to Elka for sure. Someday. And a year later, when I finished NYSC, my time had finally come. I had another friend, Dimiji, who got into the first intake for 2023, i.e. this year, in the directing class. I was super happy for him. He would later go on to direct the film that won Best Picture in his intake, Warped. Next up, it'd be my turn to dominate at Elka. While the first intake was ongoing, I applied for the second intake of the year in the screenwriting class. My filmmaking journey was about to get to the next level. While applying, I hit Dawn up and we talked about the application process a bit. He gave me a little insider info on what to prepare for. Part of the application asks you to submit three short film ideas, one of which you'll choose to work on as your screenplay project later. I came up with three ideas. Freaky Tuesday, homework and talking stage. About a month passed and I still hadn't heard back about the interview, but I wasn't worried. I pretty much checked my email every day too. And then one day I got a call. Hello? Is this Adibayo? Yes, it is. I'm calling concerning your Elka interview. Are you still interested? Ah, yes. Yes, I am. Okay, because you didn't come for the interview. What? I I I didn't even get an email turns out that I did in fact get an email. Maybe it went to spam. The email did in fact not go to spam. I just somehow didn't see it. (laughs) Yes, it's, it's in my spam. Wow, how did that happen? I lied. So what do we do now? In my head, I was wondering how I'd make my way to VI on a day I probably wouldn't be available. Do you mind doing the interview virtually on a call? Oh yes, <clears throat> um, yes, please. The interview did, in fact, not happen, and I did not get into Elka. Wait, what? But you said you want. Mm-hmm. Then how does that happen if you don't get in? Through a miracle, Monchre. But I will get to that after this short commercial break. Do you need a voiceover artist for your commercial, narration, character voice, IVR, announcer, or audiobook projects? Hiya, I'm Bio, a professional voiceover artist. Some of you may know me as the host of the two-time comedy podcast of the year, but that's mostly me on Mondays. Hire me, eh? Please. <laughs> Even if there's no job, just hire me and pay me first. Job will come. Eh? <laughs> for real though, I make a killer voiceover. Maybe I should have advertised myself As a killer script writer. But like Scripting my podcast Word for word Should be enough evidence Right Yeah Yeah <clears throat> Anyways And now Back to your regularly Scheduled programming So I missed the interview Meaning that For the next three months I would not Be attending film school For the first time In maybe over a year I was in A kind of Rot No VO jobs Not really no writing gigs it was dry and it got even drier when my only salary job just stopped so for like two months or more it was red but if at first you don't succeed or miss the email try and try again because delay is not denial I decided to apply again this time I was checking my email every day and spam too the day of the interview came but yeah because I did see the email this time and replied so yeah, the day of the interview came and it turns out that they recognised my story submissions oh have you applied here before um yeah I, I missed the email <laughs> sure you did buddy <laughs> yeah anyways we were back baby in the meantime Dimijis shared a few screenplays he was trying to direct I read one at first but failed to check the screenwriter's name now fast forward to a few weeks into the intake I'm basically Mr. Mysterious, you know. Nobody knows who I am. I'm just this dark, broody, enigmatic, sphinx-like, cloak-and-daggery... <laughs> <laughs> what's so funny? No, like, what, what's so funny? You? Mysterious? Weren't <laughs> you the one sharing what the joke stickers on the first day? What now? <sighs> I have to market myself, don't I? Okay, I admit... I was all over the place, but it was part of my strategy: get in there, network, publicize my podcast, make a film, and get out. Yeah, I met a number of amazing people in the first few weeks. My twelve classmates, our TA Bola, our HOD Mister Inka, and then so many cool people from other classes as well. You know, like Nebichuku and Izzy from acting class, Rhoda and Sophia from cinematography, Peter Anubi. <sighs> I didn't do that on purpose. <laughs> yeah but peter and obi from editing Tonova and mike from sound quick six degrees um sidebar so sophia is apparently online friends with anita who's another friend of mine from uni obi is friends with at least two other friends of mine who live in ibadan and who i also ended up seeing around the same period of time and obi will later attend the premiere of another film i worked on this year patiently yours the link is in the show notes Hafiz is the host of Cha Music Review podcast, and I met him the previous year, so it was like a nice little surprise meeting in film school as well. Now, I'll mention two other names because they furthered the story. Somto and Jimeto. See, these guys were in Elka for the second time. No, they didn't repeat. <laughs> and they weren't the only ones. But the last time they were in Elka, they were here for screenwriting. And now, they were in other classes. Jimeto was in directing class. And oh boy, did we get along. So it was no surprise that when we had to choose our stories, I eventually came to he and Sumto with my dilemma. Remember when I mentioned submitting three ideas? I cut it down to Freaky Tuesday and Talking Stage, which birthed my next problem. But let me tell you about the two stories first. Talking Stage. At the start of the 2020 lockdown, Remy, a diffident young man, wants to make a change in his life despite a physical embodiment of his fears taunting him. He takes a leap of faith and befriends a young woman, Aaliyah, an asthmatic, but bubbly young artist and neighbour who reaches out to him. Remy grows closer to Aaliyah in a short time and the two naturally enter her talking stage. But his fear is still lurking. When Aaliyah proposes a meet-up between the two, Remy's inner fear raises his ugly head again, taunting him and causing him to turn her down. When Remy discovers that the lockdown is being extended, He reaches out to Aaliyah to check on her, but she turns him away, still hurt. Remy battles his fear, while Aaliyah, alone panicking and crying, has an asthma attack. Will Remy beat his fear in time to save her life? And then Freaky Tuesday. A student doing poorly in a class mysteriously swaps bodies with the wicked teacher. The teacher desperately tries to get their body back while the student enjoys the perks of being in control. After the teacher threatens to get the student expelled, they both agree to swap back but don't know how to and must now maintain the other's lifestyle. The student realizes how lonely the teacher's life really is and starts to feel for them. The teacher on the other hand begins to enjoy the nostalgia of having friends and also realizes the student isn't as insidious as they thought. They go to bed more appreciative of the other and wake up back in their original bodies. Yeah, that's (laughs) One story was something I related to more deeply and had had for a few years. One story was something I wrote because I thought the school's panel would like it. One for me versus one for them. Artistic integrity versus judge favourite. I presented my options before Jumeto and Tsumto, aka the two toes. Nobody called them that. But they should have though. Anyway, the two young men sat before me and I paced back and forth. Like I usually do when I'm enjoying a conversation or, you know, deep in a thought process. In the end, I told myself that I wouldn't enjoy writing Freaky Friday as much as Talking Stage because it wasn't coming from my heart and I didn't think I could crunch Freaky Tuesday into the time limit without making a lot of sacrifices. I told myself I didn't really care if the film got selected and I believed it. I lied. That weekend, as I worked on the pitch document, something kept bugging me about Talking Stage. The ending. I didn't like it. There were only two obvious routes to go and neither went with my philosophy of the unpredictable. It kept me up at night and then I remembered a random trip to Victoria Island one morning for school. As I sat in the small bus, commonly known as a korope, I looked out of the window on my right. Standing there in the middle of the pavement was a man, looking up at the sky with his arms stretched out in front of him, not saying or doing anything, just staring. He could have just been homeless, but everyone who saw him would have thought him mad. And I was just thinking, how does he see the world? On Saturday that weekend, I had to go to school to record a little talk show. On the way, as I sat in the bus to Obalindi, waiting for it to fill up, Dimitri called and we had a long chat, which by the end of he kind of pissed me off. But he also encouraged me and inspired me. So I started cooking a new story, all from the idea what if mad people saw us the way we see them? By the time I got to school, I had the rough idea for The Last Sane Man in Lagos. When I got to school, I met one of my new friends, Esther, an actress and fellow student. I also met Elena, who was a musician but was at Elka for video post-production. I showed them Talking Stage and The Last Sane Man in Lagos. They loved the latter and I ended up naming the supporting lead character after Esther. Guess who the lead male was named after? You go watch out, man, you go, you will know, you will know. The crazy thing about the story is I felt it had the potential to be a one for them and one for me too. So I decided what story to go with and I made my pitch. I shared the new story with Jumetto on Monday morning and he loved it. We were like, it'd be crazy if he'd be the one to direct it, but what would be the odds? Overall, we hoped it would be directed by, you know, Jusumwe Sabi. Maybe we were getting ahead of ourselves though. Tuesday that week, we faced faculty, and I pitched amazingly. You know, at least I thought. And then Wednesday or Thursday that week, the verdicts came in. There would be four final screenplays shortlisted to be produced. And before that, a seven-story long list. The Last Name Man in Lagos did not make the long list. Yeah, I wasn't selected. All the talk of one for me or one for them in the mud. (laughs) Dreams of production? (whistles) Out the window. I wish he was joking. My age pulled me aside after he called out all the stories and he said he was particularly pissed with me because I failed to apply a piece of advice he gave after our initial pitch in class on Monday. I'll be honest, I thought he wanted me to apply to the screenplay, but now I never even get the chance to... Okay, enough with the sob story. (sighs) Yeah. Anyway, he said faculty scored my story so low that he couldn't really help but I had one more shot and that was it I had to make the screenplay incredible (laughs) now let me tell you why that was one of the best things to happen to me see even with the story I was extremely confident in I got rejected face flat and I think I needed that because I was so confident in my skills that just because I thought it was great and I was confident pitching that the faculty would love it too. I was certain of my ability and in that environment, I'd gotten so much validation from people who'd never even read my work. And that just raised my confidence level so high. Made me feel like there was no way I wouldn't at least cross the first hurdle. I was Icarus. I flew too close to the sun and I would have gotten burnt by my pride too. Luckily for me, because I had such a positive mindset... (laughs) It didn't upset me when people found out I wasn't selected. It's like the popular kid we all root for because he's likable, but then he has to repeat a course or something. I took it as a lesson I had to learn, and thank God for it, you know, not by my power. Frankly, I'd already given up too. (laughs) But after my HODs pep talk, I decided, sure, let's give it another go. Draft 2, version 2, 3, 4, 5, draft 3. Slowly, my story evolved from a potential dark comedy to a brilliant psychodrama. Mind you, this wasn't special treatment, as all of us in class had to write screenplays for our stories, regardless. It was still schoolwork, after all. We submitted the scripts, and then I guess it was down to waiting. But there was no pressure on me this time. It felt really nice, you know? None of the pressure to succeed that I went in there with. Just wanting to do my best. In class, and I think it was similar in all the classes, we were like family. So one person's win was everybody's win. A day or two after... I can't recall. We got the verdicts. Five stories had reached the next stage. I actually gave us a little speech before he called the names, but I honestly can't remember how it went. Something like, you're all very brilliant, and this selection doesn't really indicate that your story isn't great or doesn't have potential. However, several things like budget or, you know, ability of your schoolmates also had to be taken into consideration. Anywho, he called the first story. It wasn't me. (laughs) second third fourth none with me at this point i'd come to terms with it there was one more story or rather one more spot and i had a good feeling about this other story one of us wrote so i was kind of hyped to hear her name genuinely and then her hod called the last name and story and it wasn't hers and for a moment i was devastated weird right <laughs> it's even weirder because he said my name It was like a scene from a movie. I'd won. I'd won. But at what cost? The rest of the weeks from this point were like a blur. At the end of that same week, the directors were already pitching for stories. And at first people didn't realize it was me who wrote the story. But everywhere through the hallways, I kept hearing people talking about this one script that was blowing their minds. The last same man in Lagos. And then anybody who knew tease me by going his bio, and then they go wait I did bio duly. wait now you guy you did craze <laughs> it felt good to be honest made me a little shy but it was a nice feeling the directors got chosen and surprise surprise Gemetto was on my project as the director it suddenly did feel like someone was writing this story but the way the twist kept coming at some point it almost felt a little too scripted shortly after I met the rest of the production team Roda, who I mentioned earlier, was one of the cinematographers and one of my closest friends at Elka. On the production team, we had Tomi, who was at Elka for a second time, and Yomi Fe, who's a poet and is also friends with another poet friend of mine, Moyo. Moyo is supposed to be on another episode, actually. Hopefully that'll be next season. No, another 6 6DOS thing. But like, the interconnectivity. You know, this person knows this person, this person knows this person. It's giving 5G. <laughs> the script conference happened and there were very few changes to my story. And I'm like, what? We filmed it overnight on a Sunday to Monday, but I couldn't be around because I was um, collecting a film award elsewhere. Oh, yeah. <laughs> totally forgot about that. Yeah, um, I did come around like early on Sunday and then I had to leave. Now, there's this usual practice where writers aren't allowed on set. It sucks, but it's a weird unspoken rule. Because there tends to be friction when you see your vision being misinterpreted, which happens more often than <laughs> you think in the film space. But not me. My people love me. Also, I respected myself. After all, it was no longer my film, but Gemetto's. I like how even though he didn't take all of my notes, he made me feel heard. He's a writer too, so he gets it. In post-production, there were many adjustments here and there, from the voiceover to the length, etc., but the work was done by the post production team, led by Peter, who I mentioned earlier. A few weeks after school ended, we had our graduation and award ceremony, where all our films were screened. It was quite something seeing my film on the big screen for the first time ever. But one Jumia delivery guy was disturbing me. Ah! I couldn't get a video of my name in the credits. I wanted to cry. But we got a standing ovation. We only filmed two get a standing ovation, actually. After that were the awards. Whew. This was a week after I had won Comedy Podcast of the Year, by the way. The categories went by my friends in different projects won different things. Elena, um, who I mentioned earlier, post-production, badass vocalist and singer. She wrote an original song for her film, Diva, and let me tell you, it is a masterpiece. The film and <laughs> the song she bagged, like, four awards, solo and group. Peter won Best Editing for our film. Nibichuku won Best Lead Actor for our film. Also one of my coolest friends from school. Eventually, they got to screenwriting. And, oof. I was beating, you know. The award for Best Script goes to... Everyone was so sure I was going to win that they were chanting my name. But I was familiar with that game. <laughs> I didn't get ahead of myself. I, I was just grateful to be included. You know, um, know, Lekom, Idoma lion the other writers alongside me. <sighs> the last same man in Lagos, Adibayo Uduole. I was blown away. I almost couldn't believe my ears, but, you know, I had to stand and go collect the award to that. The next person could go up. But yeah, it was the love, the people screaming my name, God did. The crazy three-month journey had built up to this moment and man, it was an incredible feeling. But it wasn't over because soon after was the directing category and I think this might have been even tougher to decide on my category. Nobody was certain but we hoped it was our boy Jim. When they called his name, (laughs) we flocked around him and pushed him to the stage like we did everyone else. He put in the work with Ibile, his co-director. They deserved it. Finally, the award of the night. Best picture. And it also went to the last same man in Lagos. Tomi, Yomife, and the rest of the production team were in shock. Because like, again, the movies were so well done that anyone could win it. And it wouldn't feel controversial. In the end, that is my Elka story. The chapter in my filmmaking journey. Thank you for sticking around till the end. I also hope that the many times I failed but got back up will inspire you to not give up on your dream as well. You can now stream The Last Seen Man in Lagos on YouTube. The link is in the show notes. Love you guys. Another Monday, another joke. But you made it through and didn't die of laughter. Thank God. Now, your solo mission is to share this episode with everyone. Friends, family, strangers on the internet, that guy that's toasting you, your lecturer, your boss, heck, your unborn child. Share the funny. Make sure to follow the podcast on our socials at What Pod and follow me at Odoli Bio. Tweet about it, post screenshots of your favorite timestamps and moments. Tag me and I will respond. I'm not popular enough to air you yet. <laughs> The Joker community on WhatsApp is always looking for new family members. Join to get first-hand info about a podcast you love so much at a link in the description. What a joke. You're really calming this stuff up.